Hey, we're glad you're here with us. Everybody give them a round. Let's invite everybody else in that's viewing, viewing from wherever they are. Hey, I just wanted to go back and mention before we get into the lesson this morning. Uh, last week we were talking about that you got to remember that enduring faith triumphs temptation. And we talked about the power of temptation and just sin. And I mentioned that Oswald Chambers says that there's two types of temptation. And I just wanted to remind you before we jump into Hebrews chapter 5. If you have your Bibles, you can follow along there in Hebrews chapter 5. But Oswald Chambers believed that there are two types of temptation. And I've mentioned this. I've had great conversations with multiple people this week that... Um, there's sin. Obviously, we're tempted by sin. But one of the things that I see in our current culture that's more powerful than ever before is the second temptation is shifting our point of view. And it's amazing that if we can't be discouraged or if we can't be attacked by sin and be tempted by sin, then a lot of our temptation today is simply by being able to shift our point of view and get our eyes off of Jesus. Well, with that in mind, I want us to continue on. We were in Hebrews chapter 4 last week, and I want us to look at, well, uh, Hebrews chapter 5. So if you would, look over with me in, your, in the scripture to Hebrews chapter 5, and I want to just uh, mention a couple things as we're reading through. We were looking at Hebrews chapter 4 last week. In Hebrews chapter 5, I want to read verses 12 through 14. And then also, if you have your finger, turn over to 1 Timothy chapter 4. If you just go a little bit further toward the back of the Bible, you'll go, wind up at 1 Timothy chapter 4. But let's begin reading in verse 12. And I want you to just think this morning, I want you to keep this in mind. We're remembering faith. We've been looking at people's um, example of faith in the Scripture, the Old Testament and the New Testament, but we're examining faith all year long and just talking about the power of our faith and our belief. Because the Bible says that we can do a lot of things, but yet it's our faith in God that really makes Him happy that He responds to when we trust Him. So this morning I want you to remember the faith has to be exercised for strength. You're not going to be strong in your walk with God if you don't exercise your faith. Hebrews chapter 5 and verse 12. For, both, for though by this time, I'm reading from the New King James, for though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you again the first principles of the oracles of God. And you have come to need milk and not solid food. He's given an illustration between um, being young uh, being immature, being an infant, being a toddler, as opposed to being a, a full-grown, mature adult. For Verse 13, for everyone who partakes only of milk, look at what it says, is unskilled in the word of righteousness, for he is a babe. But solid food belongs to those who are of full age, that is, those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. And if you read the beginning of chapter 6, he says, therefore, leaving the discussion of the elementary principles of Christ, he's saying, let's, let's realize that we need to go on to some other things. Now, 1 Timothy chapter 4, turn over there and read with me if you would, because I want to I draw some, some analogies really quick. I said the wrong way, didn't I? Sorry. I said backwards, it's forward. Sorry about that. 1 Timothy chapter 4. So go toward Matthew. See, you got to be careful. Got to be careful when you're listening. 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 6. 
This is what Paul is saying to Timothy, and he's trying to encourage him. And so take this personally as an older, mature, amazing person trying to instruct us. If you instruct the brethren in these things, you will be a good minister of Jesus Christ. Nourished in the words of faith and of the good doctrine which you have carefully followed. Verse 7, but reject profane and old wives' fables and exercise yourself toward godliness. For bodily exercise profits a little, but godliness is profitable for all things. Why? Having promise of the life that now is and of that which is to come. This is a faithful saying, and it's worthy of all acceptance. For to this end we both labor and suffer reproach because we trust in the living God. We both labor and suffer reproach because we trust in the living God who is the Savior of all men, especially of those who believe. These things command and teach. So what I want to do this morning is I want us to just think about, and I want us to use an analogy of um, something that we can kind of get our hands around and understand from a physical, human perspective, something that in a physical world we can kind of, is tangible, something that we can kind of get our hands around. And what, what's amazing is we have multiple people in this church family that exercise regularly. Um, we've got some competitive athletes in this church family. We've got some people that know what it is to train and to exercise and to discipline themselves. And so I want you to just kind of think about that this morning as we talk. So what I want to do is I want us to just notice, I want us to, to, to pick out the word exercise and train. In Hebrews chapter 5 and 1 Timothy chapter 4, and in um, the version comparison what I want to do is I want to just pick out that in the New King James, it says exercise to discern both good and evil. In the New Living Translation, it says through training that you have the skills developed. In the ESV, it says trained by constant practice. In the New American Standard Version of 95, it says trained to discern good and evil. In the Holman Christian Standard, it says have been trained to distinguish. So the whole comparison here is, the, is the, the writer is using an illustration of the immature versus the mature, the infant-like versus the strong. And I want to read what Eugene Peterson says. He said, Inexperienced in God's ways. Solid food is for the mature who have practice in telling right from wrong. So the thing that I'm trying to mention to you this morning and what I'm trying to point out is that this exercise, this training, this practical application was very real during this time because the word that's being used here in both Hebrews chapter 5 and in 1 Timothy chapter 4, it's the same Greek word. And I want to just remind you that for the ancient Greeks, the idea of physical and athletic prowess went right to the heart of what constituted an upstanding, admirable, well-educated, disciplined, and capable individual. So the word that he's using here is, in the Greek, it's a word that they very well understood that it's in the, like in the context of the games and the arena. And when you're competing, like for the Olympics, that level of exercise, that level of training, that level of physical fitness, that level of um, output or hard work this is the very context of what he's talking about in both of these verses. 
So I want you to think about this. There's a lot of talk if you look now, there's certain words that are used in physical fitness. Activate or engage. Now, how many of you have done something that, you know, or you've heard somebody say, you need to do this because you need to activate your core. You need to engage your core, and you need to get stronger. I'm not going to ask how many of you plank. I plank right before I plunk, okay? So I get that. I can plank for at least 10 seconds, all right? Now, I've got people in my family that, you know, I'm like, I, I, I receive exercise from their hard work, so it's good. I've, I've hoped that osmosis would work physically. It hasn't up to this point. But how many of you have heard that term or you've done, you need to activate your core, you need to engage your core, or you need to activate your glutes? I'm not going to go there. Your abs, your hips, so on. These, these terminologies now that are used where you need to engage, you need to activate it. And basically, it's some modern terminology to basically say you need to exercise, you need to train, you need to put forth effort in these areas, and there are certain things that you can do that is going to make you stronger, that's going to make you more capable, more active. Or if you're older... It makes it so you can still use that part of your body. Can I get an amen? Yes, that's what I'm talking about. That's me. I don't exercise for strength. I exercise for functionality and mobility. I can walk. Good. That's good. Okay? So I'm engaging my hips and my core and my elbow. Okay? Engaging. Okay, some of you, you're not awake yet. That's cool. What are we going to do next week at 9? <laughs> some of you are going to be like this at 9. Okay, huh? That's good. All right, so let me give you three things real quick. In this whole context of talking about exercise and training, and I love what he's saying here, here in Hebrews chapter 5 and what he's talking about, and I love the way that it's the same word, the same Greek word in 1 Timothy chapter 4. That what we need to do is by reason of use. We need to exercise, we need to train ourselves. And this is what I want to ask you this morning. We talk about baby steps, but you have to take baby steps. If you need to change yourself physically, if you need to do a better job taking care of yourself, listen to me. This all-in extremism typically doesn't work. You see that at the end of the year and the beginning of the new year. When gym memberships go through the roof, and then by February and March... The attendance is very low, and the gym memberships are like, yes, that helped the bottom line big time this year. You get what I'm saying? Baby steps and learning how to take baby steps and learning how to develop a level of consistency is so important physically if you're trying to improve how your physical stature is, if you're trying to train, if you're trying to exercise. But what Paul says to Timothy is, listen, brothers and sisters, it's even more important on a spiritual level. We have to train. We have to exercise. Some of you are struggling in your faith right now. It's because you need to strengthen. You need to embolden. You need to train. And you need to exercise your faith, your belief in your heart for God. So let me give you three practical things real quick this morning that hopefully you can relate to. It's very simple. But it relates to physical exercise and training, but it also relates to spiritual exercise and training for your faith. Number one, carve out time. 
It sounds so simple. But at the same time, your faith must be a priority if you're going to get stronger. No one else can do it for you. Physical therapy is beautiful and we are here to help each other and we can strengthen and help each other. But there's a point with physical therapy, it depends on how debilitated you are, that a physical therapist is going to help you manipulate the movement and they're going to assist you. But there is a certain point where that assisting needs to subside and you need to begin to take those baby steps and that motion needs to be something that you are activating, that you are engaging, that you are exercising, that you are doing the training on your own. When I was doing shoulder recovery, it's amazing that um, the physical therapist, he would say every time, people that only do this when they come into this office are in pain typically they don't recover and they don't get full range of motion because they leave here and they go home and they don't apply it themselves they don't exercise they don't train they don't engage and they don't activate can i just tell you something Churches all across America, and we need to guard ourselves because we can't be that group of people. And I know that there's all different maturity levels, but we have to be a group of people that when we leave here, the song that we posted on Facebook, if you haven't listened to that, you need to listen to it. Thank you, Katie, for sending that. It was an amazing song because it's saying, if the church on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday look like the church when we're together on Sundays, what would be the outcome of our influence in this world simply because we have to carve out time. There's no substitute for you making your own faith a priority and you carving out time. Are you with me? Your faith must be a priority. Number two, activate your faith muscles. Activate your faith muscles. And you say, well, Pastor Tim, what do you want me to do? I don't know. You're the one inside your head, your heart, your soul. What are the things that God is tapping on you? What is He asking you to do? I had somebody call me yesterday, and we had a wonderful celebration because it was a huge baby step. But I'm on the phone, and he said, I typically don't respond like this. I typically take this other course, and then he defined this other course. But he said, today... I took a different course and I had a different attitude and I had a different perspective and I called and guess what? The outcome was different because I broke free from my default mode, my mode and my old patterns and I got to experience something beautiful today and I'm reveling in the victory right now and I wanted to share it with you and I was like, hallelujah. You want to know why? Because that His faith was activated or engaged with his faith muscles, so he stepped out and did something different. Let me say it this way. Faith is a choice, a decision that only you can make. Now, we can encourage one another to love and good works. We can stand next to one another. We can comfort. We can be a blessing. But when it all is said and done, each one of us are responsible for activating our own faith. Are you with me? Number three. Train regardless of how you feel. Now, I want you to know I love and I care, I invest, 
and I really do care how you feel. But I don't care how you feel. I really do care how you feel. You share how you feel. And if you ask my kids what they grew up with, okay? Yes, share your feelings. Share your heart. I want to know exactly how you're feeling. All right? But get out there and do it. I don't care how you feel. And we're raising a generation that's so feeling-focused that it's, it's affecting our faith and the church of the living God because there's times where love and obedience are a decision of the will regardless of how I feel. And there's a lot of times where if I'm just based in my response on how I feel, I don't feel like being faithful. I don't feel like being loving. I don't feel like training. I don't feel like doing what God has called me to do. And the Bible makes some relational components very straightforward that it's a decision of the will and I have to train myself. Let me say it like this. Develop self-discipline and self-control for your spirit and your mind. Train regardless of how you feel. That's obedience. That's faith. God says, Tim, He reveals it to me in His Word, and then I have a choice based on this battle going on inside of me because sometimes I feel rejection coming or I feel anxiety coming. And he says, Tim, if you've done something and you know that you've offended someone or if somebody has genuinely caused you to be offended, either way you need to go to that person and you need to make things right. Well, I already know how that's going to turn out. You get what I'm saying? And sometimes those baby steps of faith are the biggest components of training where we realize we have to do it regardless of how you feel. Now, some of you that are in the gym, I don't know if we have any CrossFitters in our group. That is a dedicated group of people on a whole new level, okay? But they also, they are an example to the church of the living God because the, what they share together and the pain and suffering of their exercise and their commitment and their lifestyle it's part of the amazing bond that they share together when they're in the gym. So let me just say an old school adage. In our walk with God in our faith, no pain, no gain. Denny, how many times have you told kids that play football for you that? Have you ever used that? More than your kids want to hear you say it right now, right? But why... Why has the church of Jesus Christ made our pursuit of Christ this passive, neutral, easy, comfortable, fun, baby me pursuit? It's not. And yet what's amazing is just like the Greeks with the, with the, the Olympics, when they saw somebody that trained and exercised and sacrificed and they went through the pain in order to get the gain, that they were exalted in their society and people looked at them and like, whoa, look at their accomplishments. Man, look at those biceps. Man, those quads, you must work out. Yes. And it's the same way in our faith and us being able to be salt and light in this world. No pain, no gain is more true in your spiritual development than it is in any other area of your life. 
But here's the thing. The pain that's put in, the return on that, based on the strength that you have, I watch people that begin to exercise. Okay? And they begin to have changes in their body. And what begins to transpire inside is worth those initial steps of sacrifice and pain because the return becomes incredible. Matthew 25, 14 through 30, I'm not going to turn there and read, but I want you to be reminded of that story, Matthew 25, 14 through 30. And I want to mention the passage, it's the lesson of investment. Remember that story where the man was going off and he gave each one a certain amount of money and he said, I want you to take care of this. And the bottom line for me, for this lesson and for what we're talking about, please hear me when I say this. Do something with the faith that you say you have. Because in Matthew chapter 25, what was the real issue? The guy that went and hid his and said, I know that you're a scary, you're, man, the way that you rule and reign, you're scary, and so I hid it, and I made sure that when you came back, I could go, here it is. And he's like, dude, seriously? Why didn't you do something with what I gave you? And so I'm saying to you in love as a brother in Christ who wants to see you grow and mature and expand and be strong. I want to see everyone in here right now, out here, wherever we are. I want to see everybody here like a spiritual bodybuilder. I want you to be able to flex your faith muscles. I want you to be able to stand up. I want you to be able to face things and move things and do things that you never thought possible because you were strengthening yourself inside. The stronger your faith grows, the more you will like who you are with God. And please hear me when I say this. Then your faith turns into a lifestyle. See, here's the thing about fad diets. A lot of diets, you're looking for a quick fix. You want to just change the meter. Oh yeah, look at the new me. But what happens with exercise and eating right, I hear this all the time from people. It becomes a lifestyle. There's a lifestyle change. And literally, I want to remind you this morning, that is what our relationship with Jesus and being born again, transformed, redeemed, forgiven is supposed to be about that this faith we begin to take baby steps and we get a taste of it we get stronger and stronger and so, and people would say around us why in the world would this woman go to korea and teach in a christian school outside of america why would this other young lady go to the middle east and begin to reach out to women in the middle east who are primarily Isla uh, believing they're they're islamic why would she do that when she could stay here? Because what happens is this faith and this strength gets stronger to where that you are willing to do whatever God has asked you to do, not because you're freaked out, scared, or you're miserable, because you're excited, because you've realized that you can do all things through Christ who really does give you the strength because you're stronger in your faith. I want everybody in this church family, regardless of what your level of faith is, to take greater steps of faith and be stronger. We had four people, different age ranges, that took that step this morning. 
They went down and they publicly went into the water and came back up. And they made a bold step, step of faith. So let me ask you this morning. How are you exercising yourself spiritually? Some of you, you've been holding back. You know exactly what God has been asking you to do and you keep saying no. Well, guess what? You can relate to Tim. Because usually God says, here, Tim, this is what I want you to do. Some of you in the early days, Jan, you're looking at me with that smile. You're thinking about when we launched the church, aren't you? Was that going through your mind? You kind of gave me that Jan look, so I thought we went there. Okay? So I fought for two years. I'm like, mm-mm, not doing that. Bible study's fine. Mm-mm, not doing that. So I'm usually the guy that says, God says, here, Tim. I'm like, mm-mm, not doing that. No. No, 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 no. You're going to have to confirm to me that that's what you want. Guess what? He usually does. And I'm like, okay, I will. You have to take those steps to trust him and get stronger because it's a personal relationship that's only by faith through grace. So let me encourage you to be strong in our Lord Jesus Christ. Take steps. Train yourself. Carve out time. Activate your faith muscles and train regardless of how you feel. To God be the glory. May we draw close to him and be strong for ourselves, but so we can share the gospel with those who are weaker than us.